0: leave a message after the phone Raleigh 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 hey we got this guy so Brandon Hausler looks like he's on your new team for next year I saw that and uh, Matt Govero (laughs) so who is this cat anyways must know him I guess so dude are they are they up for the task for Ecuador I mean they're in they're saying they're in so we're good man (laughs) <laughs> we'll just we'll just pick this up. As, as this is how it rolls with a stage race. What's up, everybody? We're back with another Ecuadorian podcast. We have a we have the two special guests, Forrest and Matt, and our super pro special guest, Raleigh Weaver, who you probably heard in the podcast way back in the day, who came on and was asking more questions than he was answering, which I like that. You had some pop quiz questions for me. Uh, so. With all the transfers, we've talked about this a bunch, all the little things going on. It was hard to sit down and get the podcast rolling, whether it was from fatigue or just being a room full of racers and We had one hotel where there were five guys in one room. It sounds as bad as it was uh that was the night we also all weren't feeling super hot, but we'll probably get to that one later. We skipped stage three and four. Stage three was... So I'm looking at the file. Do you remember exactly how long it was? This has 126 miles, 340 TSS, but that was with the ride there... It was like 118,
1: 118
0: miles? Yeah. So it was a big day. This was the day after Matt won on a 134-mile stage. So pretty much you were not in yellow yet. Correct. You just had the stage winner's jersey, and... As we sat down to do this, we're like, man, we have to, like, think back to this. What, what do you remember going in after you won the stage, you wake up, you are putting on the blue jersey for the stage winner? Like, just where is the hat at from – and let me preface this. Matt is so freaking new to cycling, and we need to talk about kneading the dough and that conversation. Um, you started racing when? And then tell us about that, those feelings that morning.
2: So when did I start racing? When did
0: you start racing? Just to give context, because we're at a UCI race.
2: Yeah, this is very not normal. So my first ever, uh, my first ever race was August 2019, (laughs) and that was. I didn't race again until February 2020.
0: Okay, so then how did you? What did? I mean, I think the feelings would be different. Like if I was putting on that jersey like man what a culmination of 15 years of racing like to do this you're like oh like this is kind of normal like this is just i don't know it's hard to put into words like if you don't for someone who's raced a really long time i think they know exactly what i'm trying to say but for someone new like if i try to think back and i only been racing for two years like what did that did it just feel like another race did it feel like, like there's so little to calibrate it on you know what i mean
2: yeah yeah I mean um, I don't by any any means like when a discount or say it was normal but the a lot of the race itself that day felt normal like yeah. you, you switch into race brain and it was by, so I didn't get on the start line and I was like dude I'm going to win today this stage is perfect for me or anything like that it was a uh, I raced the race as it came. You know, we, we, the break happened early. I got a toe up to it, just found the right move. It just, it was organic. It felt like a normal race, like trying to, trying to make the, those right decisions. Um. We did say we were going to win though. We did. We walked out but, the whole tournament. I was like, dude, we're winning today. The, <laughs> yeah, you did, you, you a hundred percent did. You a hundred percent did. Um.
0: So you just, we, but, you were just, what were you thinking going to the next day? Like now, because the next day was stage three. It's a long day. It was
2: another one where we're like, hey, this is another one we came to win. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, do, I remember waking up for stage three. I felt pretty good. Obviously, I was excited from the day before. We had a conversation that morning about, like, I didn't want to cash in on like, dude i want a stage like this is it i mean this is awesome like all i got to do is cruise to the finish because i knew that i could potentially play a role for somebody else uh and it's not out of the question for another result as Mm -hmm. you know so not like cash the check be like holy crap i got to do a uci race holy crap i won one like cash out let's just cruise to the finish. Like, I was still hungry. So
0: that's, like, the... Hum- the I, I think the conversation, the way it went was, you were like, dude, today's the day you're gonna win. And I was like, yeah, but don't discount the fact that you... Sometimes I think people win and your altruism, you want another teammate to win, so then you race yourself out of the race. You're not as aggressive. You're not... You're thinking of other teammates when, really, the best way to think of your teammates is, how do we win? You know? It's... Um, it's a weird thing. Sometimes people win, and winning makes them stop winning. Where you know they don't want to be the only one to win. But sometimes you're just the strongest guy on the team at that point. You gotta, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, you gotta, you gotta cash in again. So um, it was a good conversation though to have because you are the type of person that's gonna want another person to win.
2: But you know, I definitely think the conversation that we had before stage three help put me in in that headspace that you're talking about yeah, still
0: be hungry yeah act like you didn't sure. win yesterday sure what were you thinking forrest on stage three stage three any yeah like we're going in another That's big true. day still early in the race
1: so yeah stage three um we ended up getting two guys in the breakaway uh and obviously matt had won the day before so you know we're everyone's pretty confident everyone's feeling pretty good uh, I mean, it was, it was a wet day. Uh, there was a weird neutral zone in the middle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, it was, it was almost 20 K of neutral. It was like, we got to, uh,
2: it was like 80, 83 K in. So 56 miles or something. Yeah, And we had 20 K of neutral. It's like, we went through one section And then It was two hours in, I'm looking. Yeah, the directors were like, no, no, let's go another like 6K or something up the road. It was super, I remember we got to the neutral section and they're like, okay, we're just gonna slow roll everybody at your own pace to the next. And I remember for the first probably three or 4K, I'm like, dude, why didn't we not ride this? This is kind of overkill. And then we got to where the road was truly bad and people would have gotten so hurt. (laughs) Like people I don't know how nobody got hurt rolling it like easy. it was so bad, yeah
1: it was it was craters, potholes, nasty, disgusting poop mud, it was like literal literal cow feces in the road it was it was wild and it was wet, um but yeah, I mean, so they they restarted us with our same time gaps, and Brendan and Henry were in the break and brendan had a big mechanical he can certainly talk about the. Call it uh, yeah it's not really a mechanical i guess it's personal error which i mean is is part of mechanical. racing yeah. it's it, i mean it's it's a preparation well, error actually,
0: uh, well, uh, well, it was, it electronical e- <laughs> e- electron,
1: <laughs> e- electronical yeah here so here's here's brendan for so so it was the third
0: day third day getting in the break which i was super pumped about the first two hours was 360 normalized i actually just looked at. i'm like damn okay that's why I, like the break was weird because we went up a climb and trying to minimize the time I was in I was in a second group we I'm trying to think of how we went into this climb because I wasn't with Henry and I was probably a minute a minute and thirty behind them I think they said when we was it a minute around there when we did the uh, like the pause of the race so I bridged up behind two other guys immediately and it was a group of 12 that next 45 minutes was almost 360 normalized again it was a lot of you know we were in a the group of 12 at one point henry attacked he got brought back people everyone didn't want to get away yet and everybody didn't want to ride and so henry one time was like hey man like your turn to counter i was like listen we can't just keep attacking because we're going to attack ourselves out of this break even though we're in a group of 12, I think very often amateur racers, and I'm not, this is not saying Henry's comment was wrong, but I see a lot of amateur racers that I'm in a break with, they are killing themselves thinking that is the move. The move might not be until hour four. Like, you need to save big watt bombs for when it really counts. So... Yes, I think we should attack. But if there's 12 guys, we've already won a stage. We are like the big white dudes that people are kind of scared of. When we go, four other guys are chasing us down. It needs to be a super sneaky move. And luckily, just before I had my electronical, uh, Henry and three other guys got off the front and they were – Seven seconds up the road, like within reach. And so the four of us, the the four teams we're sitting on, two other guys are chasing, and I'm like, this is eventually going to snap. They got away, and literally as they were out of sight, I go to shift in the big ring. It doesn't shift, and I'm immediately thinking back to earlier in the morning when I looked at my Di2 battery, which flashed green, which I probably overcharged my Di2, but since I ride so often, you know, it says online, it'll go... 2000 K which is 1200 miles so sometimes that's like two and a half weeks I probably charge it every week which is maybe a mistake Uh, but I have had it run out on me before from flashing green Um, didn't charge it figured flashing green still good for another stage I'll do it tonight and that was the wrong choice so I was actually pretty worried because I was 40 miles from the finish and we took a lot of highways and man, i'm gonna be by myself and so our director pulls up i wasn't even thinking of a spare bike he's like try the spare bike what kind of pedals do you have i get on this bike and it is has to be a 56 like my knees are at my chin it was the most ridiculous thing and i thought i can actually ride a 39 chain ring faster than this bike um yeah it was a child's bike so I get back off I luckily get I get back off immediately before my bike goes like way up the road slowly two seconds later the pack passes me I'm like very quickly I'm by myself I was very lucky that a random van that they didn't have a team there but they were definitely cyclists drove behind me for forty miles as I'm trying to go as hard as I can up the climbs and then do high cadence as much as possible on the flats uh I really wish I had still been in the race because we went through some towns that were absolutely bonkers with people. I was just telling these guys, it was really sad because I'm thinking like, I look so slow (laughs) in the little chain ring and the people in Ecuador, you know, we're on a highway that's probably 55 mile an hour speed limit and people are giving me tons of room to pass. And it's just, that would not have happened in the States and I love America, but Myself included, were too impatient at times, and these people are more like cheering and celebrating me being part of their tour when I'm the slow loser off the back. So I'm gonna pass the mic to, to for these guys to talk about the finish. My race was basically uh Raleigh brought up Hell Elrod's miracle miracle morning, you would tell. Yeah. I had my five minutes to be upset and then I was like, you know what? I'm in Ecuador. I just have to ride. Hopefully I make the time cut and I did Uh, and there actually probably wouldn't have been an issue. We went through the town, through the city and I got off course and basically came through the finish the wrong way. And someone's like, dude, yeah, this, the finish was out of control. I'm sure you're fine. But I just had to follow a moto through all these random streets. And my last comment too is the speed bumps here were frightening and they're not always a speed bump sometimes it's just like a big mound of cement that i did my first endo ever where i was riding on only my front wheel because i went to hop one fully which was not how you're supposed to do it and my back wheel hit it and just like pinged me up into the air um and there was another time i got detached from the group because we were coming into this little town i would guess 45 miles an hour and i'm like wow these guys are aren't slowing down at all. And this was after I nearly crashed on one. So I slowed down much more than they did. Luckily, Chase back on, and our director had a good laugh at that. Um, I think the the move was definitely get your front wheel over and then don't be so rigid. Like, let your bike do what it's going to do. And this is definitely not my strong suit of, you know, bike handling. So learn some other techniques. Uh, I was definitely... I think these international races, my, my big questions are, obviously, how cold is it going to get? <laughs> what are the road conditions like? And I had another one. But, yeah, so one of you guys, how did this – yeah, yeah, Raleigh's going to jump in. And then we'll we'll have these guys talk about – so Henry's up the road now in a group of four. Then there's a group of 11 chasing. And then the peloton that had Forrest and Matinit.
3: That's right? yeah one thing i want to say is that even if you're feeling really good and even if you really want to win you have to we were talking about this earlier you have to let the race come to you like you can be the strongest guy in the race and that's great but you just have to let it flow like in order to win the race you have to be willing to lose the race you got to call other people's bluff so like when you had the group of 12 it was you and henry you're, you're probably the strongest guy on the flats, and that's great. But if you have four Ecuadorians sitting on your back wheel, it's not going to make a difference because they're just going to hit you in the end. Um,
0: Plus, they're probably getting gang up on us because their they're nationalistic feelings of, like, let's let these guys work. They want each other to win versus us, most likely, unless they're battling each other. It's like, but we don't know those dynamics, really. Like, we don't know all these guys. Yeah. So, I think that's the thing. Was that... what. What stage was it when we were with those Best PC guys? And I said that to you. Like, Best PC showed their cards to us that yeah. they did not like yeah. who was up the road. Yeah. And they are pulling. And I was like, Matt, dude, just... We got to chill. That's stage that was, two. That was, yeah, I was 30. like, dude, just conserve. Like, even if it's only a half an hour where we don't have to work, that's 30 more minutes where they're doing a little bit more. That's the difference between dropping somebody or winning a sprint or, like... I think we've said a million times on this channel, like the little things. It's not only the little things that you have to do before and after a race, it's the little things you have to do in the race. It's not just who pedals the hardest. You need to be yeah. always asking yourself, why am I pedaling? But then also, who needs to pedal more than I do? Best yeah. PC kind of did. But had they not, had they been more patient, like, yo, let's see if these dudes will work, we probably would have because we didn't love what was up the road. So it, you got to play the chess game.
3: Yeah, a good rule of thumb is just to. Race like you're the weakest person in the break, mm-hmm. but when the moment hits it, you hit it. <laughs> like it's you feel it. You know it's coming. um That was my thing. The last thing I want to say was that like psychologically, in your race, it's really hard to recover from that because you're you're in the break. You have victory on your head. You know you're imagining yeah, I'm gonna win this race. I'm gonna win this race. And man, when that happens, when the peloton hits you. And then they drive, they leave you psychologically. Like, That's happened to me many times, and it just it hits you like a sledgehammer. Yeah. And how you recover is very telling from that. Yeah. Um, that's. I,
0: I think you know and to that point,
3: it's um,
0: it's just part of racing. Like, you, there are so many ups and downs, and we've all picked a hobby, or some people try to make it their career, where you're gonna go and most likely not win. But and you know it's. The chance of winning is so small that when you start... I I try not to think about it until way later in the race. Because to the same point, when we're attacking maybe too early, even though we might only be 20 miles from the finish, you want to be thinking of the win, but I think you also need to be thinking like... thinking of how you're going to make the win happen. I think people might attack too much too early and like just all the things we said before. But yeah, it's... um, yeah it was what it was it was my own error and a good a good luck. i need to figure that out though you know it, green maybe I, maybe the battery is getting worn out uh maybe i just charge it too many times and when i start with a new bike next year maybe i'll mess around with charging it less and i don't know but it was what it was these guys can pick up the rest of the race
1: so the, I guess the rest of stage three after the neutral start, they restarted everybody with the same time gaps. So it was yeah. a little, a little interesting. It definitely, you know, pumps a little bit of fire into the chase groups. You, you see everybody who's up the road, um, but at least for for myself, um, it was pretty uneventful. Uh, I was in the pack. Most How was
0: the pack through those towns. It and was. I, I'm thinking, that's going to be somewhat
1: scary. It's- Dudes. There was some good descents. Uh, it was pretty ripping up and downhill. There was definitely, it wasn't really sketchy. It was pretty pretty orderly. Everyone was pretty happy with what was up the road, so there wasn't any violent chase really. Uh, I think movie star was kind of you know kind of keep everything in touch for the yellow jersey, just making sure no one was too far up the road. But um, yeah, it was it was it was good. It was fun. It was fun just cruising in the pack and riding. I actually flatted. Um, think about 20k from the finish and i had to pick up a neutral bike so that was the end of my race uh, it was neutral bike is pretty miserable it has my wrong pedals um that's yeah that was my second time trying to pick up a neutral bike in this race so it's, it's terrible terrible not fun at all it's super mentally um mentally straining to try to pedal one of those things fast and it yeah, it was very painful. So I'm going to hand it off to Matt after this to explain the finish. Yeah, so,
2: <clears throat> uh, you were still in – you had not flatted yet when we caught the group of 12 that Henry was not in, right?
1: Um, I, yeah, 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 we, we did. We caught that big group. I was still there. Uh, Brendan had already had his yeah. so I'm
2: <laughs> I'm looking uh, I'm kind of looking at my power file yeah. from from that uh, race. So we caught the group of 12 guys ahead at mile 92. Uh, that was four hours and 50 minutes into the race. and when we caught that group, um, best PC immediately went to the front because I think they had two guys in that move. yeah and they had both been spit out. They were both in that group of 12. Um, so they immediately went to the front like they could taste blood uh, they had the green jersey and so I think their incentive was okay let's just let's go to the front our guys are out of the break let's you know take it down to a sprint mm, yeah. and so we went for a let's see at mile 92 to yeah for about 25 minutes after that we were going pretty ham. All of the vi 13 guys went to the front uh, third of the race. It was pretty much Best PC, uh, Movie Star, and then us all at the front. And we were just sitting on a wheel for a ride, pretty much. And that's when we caught Henry. Um, we caught Henry around mile 102, so about 10 miles after we caught the 12. Um, When we caught those 12 guys, we got a time gap that Henry was four minutes up the road. And so we're kind of thinking, okay, let's get to the front. Let's just sit on, obviously not do any work. But the race was going really fast. We knew that there was a chance that he got caught, but with a four minute gap and you know, 25K to go, he may have been able to stay away. But once we caught Henry uh, and went into town, the last, See. the last 22 minutes of the race so the last 10 miles of the race were insane like cranked up to 10 uh, best PC wanted to take it to a sprint and when we hit the town like the ra- the race bobble did not describe how twisty turny this town was uh, imagine doing 100 and, uh, 110 miles of like a, a roly road race mm-hmm. and then the last twenty minutes is doing laps of the Joe Martin Crick course, <laughs> like it was. It was, it was absolutely yeah. insane. So we're we're bombing through town, right and mm-hmm. left turns, and one of the motos pulled off weird in town, and there's people flooding the streets everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Like mm-hmm. it's I can't even I can't it's even chaos. explain. Yeah,
1: like I I rode in behind the pack. And there was no way I was going to find the, the correct route through town. Like it was it was insane. It was just a mob scene. There was people everywhere. The police weren't pointing me in the right direction. I mean Brendan and I know had the same experience trying to I, not. I
0: actually got lucky in that
1: people pointed
0: me relatively in the right direction because I didn't have freaking uh, South American maps on my garment. Thank goodness I had just starred the routes. So I had like a breadcrumb. But I wasn't looking at a blank map And one time I was coming down some road And these two random guys I was looking at all the people on the side of the road Two random guys were like Yo, yo, yo And they like go to turn And the bus behind Or the little van behind me Didn't know where I was going So they like beep beeped And I was like Do they mean to keep going? And I like flipped over the page I was like Oh damn I'm supposed to go right there Like the last thing I needed was a 10-mile detour in the middle of Forest. Ecuador. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: so. <laughs>
2: but but as we rolled through the twisty town, uh, guys just kept firing off the front. Like guys wanted to take a, a, a solo ride in, try to try to stay away. Um, I just went to the front and just closed everything down. We had a train of three, maybe four guys with Jean Michel, um, Jordan. And Joey. And so anything, any gap that opened, I I was basically just shutting it down, trying to keep it as fast as possible. Um, Once we went through a few of the turns, a crash ended up happening in front of me. I had to hop on a curb, and the guys pretty much just continued the lead out. Um, They ended up doing a lead out for Jean-Michel, who took second by a wheel. Uh, He ended up getting boxed in. Um, So we ended up with second on the stage. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Uh, any other thoughts or comments from that day that happened? We'll, we'll wrap this one at 25 minutes. Maybe we'll do the next stage at, uh, we're going to get rolling here for ride. The rain has stopped. Um, we will talk about stage four, which was a huge day. Again, we'll talk about stage five, which was a very hard day and a a, a very, That's going to be a a very good conversation because I think it has a lot of big picture cycling journey insights, Uh, similar to how we started the podcast. Uh, You know, it's been cool for Matt and I. We were roommates with Forrest in almost all the places, but when it was Tuesdays, it was, I think we were, yeah, we were roommates every night. A lot of conversations of, you know, Matt is 10 years younger than me, just getting started, has a ton of amazing years ahead and there was a conversation on the bus that i was just listening to that gave me a chuckle that was like damn this dude is still so new based on what he just said and i think (laughs) if you've been following along you know what happened on stage five and this conversation definitely came to terms as we weren't having the best day and it was like dude you're already seen Uh, i'm trying to say this without giving it away you're It was a learning experience for us all. We'll leave it at that. Uh, So we'll be back, stage four, stage five, big picture thoughts. Thanks for checking in. And definitely a huge thank you for all the messages of encouragement to the team, to all of us as individuals. This has been a wild ride that I know we won't forget, but it's definitely, I think, been a launch pad for all of us. The four of us sitting at this table are on VeloBrew next year, Uh, a launch pad of motivation, but also I think the biggest thing we've all said to each other is, like, what are the biggest races that we can keep doing to push ourselves? Because no doubt you learn learn the most when you're trying to be the little fish in the big pond as opposed to just feeling good, being the big fish, killing all the minnows in the local pond. So keep that in mind as you plan your 2022. Allow yourself to surprise yourself with a big result. Talk to you later.